Before we get into this week in gaming, we want to stop and say thank you to Razer for sponsoring the show. Razer is for gamers by gamers. They make the best gaming equipment out there, and you can pick yours up today. Head over to multiplayerpodcast.com slash Razer. Buy anything on their site. Use code multiplayer at checkout. And they're going to not only send you the best piece of gaming gear you've ever had, they're also going to send you a free gift for being a listener of this show. Now on to This Week in Gaming! Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. Happy Thursday to all of our listeners as we break down This Week in Gaming as we do every Thursday. We are two dads here that love to have casual conversations about gaming. Very excited to be talking to you guys. There is so much gaming news to get into this week. But first, we want to ask you guys to please rate our podcast five stars. Please leave us a review. And also, please consider supporting our show either by subscribing in Apple Podcasts or on Patreon by going to MultiplayerSquad.com. My name is Paul, and I am your host here on the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. And then joining me, I think Point C just got taken by the enemy, and he's on his way to get it back. It's Josh. I need help! I need help! Oh, that guy's hacking! (laughs) Hackers everywhere, Paul! They're all bots, and they're all hacking. (laughs) Getting killed by a bot is the worst, by the way. Oh, and, and it happened a lot here this week. So, Josh, I think the biggest news of this week is that the Battlefield 2042 beta was open. It was available, I believe, for two days for the open public. And if you had pre-ordered Battlefield, as you and I did, I believe it was a total of four days for the beta. We definitely were able to jump in and, and get some hours in with Battlefield. I thought that we could spend a few minutes here first. I think this is the game you've been most anticipating here How was the beta experience? I have been super pumped about Battlefield 2042 ever since they announced it. I've been hankering for a game that we can play with all of our friends. Uh, I love the Battlefield games in general. I, you know, we've talked about this at length, so we won't cover a lot of old stuff. The, the most recent installments haven't really been that great, which is why I'm pretty hyped for 2042. So we did, I, I mean, I probably had six hours or so of game time in the beta over the last few days. I, I'm a little worried, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am too. I'm and you and I worried. were so excited. I'm not saying that my excitement is gone. Okay. I, I had a lot of fun playing it. I, and, and I started getting better towards the end. It was, it was, it was the best of times, Paul. It was the worst of times. <laughs> so, so let's start with the best of times. What would you say works well? And what did you enjoy in this installment? The every, like the chaos, man. Battlefield is all about 80 things going on at once. It is about the little stories that happen while you're fighting. Your squad is defending point C, and there's another squad that keeps pushing you. You guys have this amazing back and forth. You can spend the entire match in just this little skirmish and have a great time. Or you can travel all over the map, just rotating, capturing points, flying around in a helicopter, dropping off at points, capping them and playing like the entire map. It's just, there's stories within stories in Battlefield. That's what I've always loved about it. 
you can spawn as these different classes and stuff now. You know, it, it's just there's a lot that really works when it works. And so for me, I love that aspect of it because there is always something going on. Yeah, I would say that the game is beautiful. The graphics are fantastic. This game is very beautiful to look at. I thought that that worked really, really well. Um, I don't know that I have a whole lot of other positives <laughs> to say beyond how good it looked. I was very excited to hop back in. I guess, you know, maybe, maybe taking the generous approach is to say that none of the battlefields have been ready at release. They notoriously have been a mess when they come out. And so some of these things I think will be tinkered with and fixed. I think some things just in general, I, I, I had a little bit more of an issue with that can't be fixed because it wasn't just due to bugs. But let's dive into the bad and the ugly. <laughs> what what was the problem with Battlefield? The bugs, the technical aspects, the jankiness. I, I love that word janky because it just describes what's happening. You know, there's planes getting stuck in the air. Nothing is smooth in the sky. A helicopter will teleport, you know, 10 meters away and then teleport back. Not lag, like not rubber banding, but just legit like movement teleporting. Um, unbalanced matches. Some matches, it's just a steamroll where the other team has almost every single point and your team can barely capture a point. But for me, the amount of concern comes from the amount of bugs that were in this game. And they're, they're big, man. I can't, I can't drive any of the vehicles. For whatever reason, the key bindings are messed up. There, there's supposed to be a fix where if you go through and you erase all of the controller inputs, that it will then work. But that didn't work for me. So I can't drive anything, which I love mm -hmm. the vehicle. That's part of Battlefield is the vehicles. If, Especially on Conquest, when you've got 128 people on a giant map, or 128, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, on each team, you have to have vehicles available. Otherwise, it's no fun. Yes, it's just hoofing it for five minutes to run in and then die on a point to run in, a, you know, again. Um, if I get into a gunner seat, the gun fires nonstop until it overheats, and then when it cools down, it fires nonstop until it overheats again. Uh, you know. The spawning bugs. You click an area to spawn, and then it spawns you at headquarters. There's, there's just like the list goes on and on and on. And this is what really concerns me because when it works, it works very well. It, it can be a lot of fun, and I did have a lot of fun at times. But then I also got really frustrated at times, and that is not a good feeling on a sixty dollars AAA title that you're playing to have fun with your friends. You, you know what I mean? And so the technical aspects really worry me and famously yes they release kind of buggy but they're still playable and the thing that worries me and this is where trust comes in right they said that the build that everybody played in the beta is like three months old and there have been multiple builds since then right. that they have internally that uh -huh. are way better <laughs> so maybe so, so <laughs> Hey EA, you're you're trustworthy. We I fully believe you that your four builds down the road work flawlessly, and this game is only thirty days away from release. It's gotta be just primo condition, Paul. Right? Yeah. I mean, this is what they say. You know, I, I don't think you and I are calling them liars, but we are maybe a little bit skeptical that with how bad this beta ran. 
I mean, there's tons of server issues. You know, I was able to use all the vehicles and to drive, and they actually worked fairly decently if I was in the driver's seat. But anytime I try to ride in a tank or an airplane with anyone else, my screen is just shaking everywhere. Like, it's impossible to aim or to play. I also really had an issue with the fact that nobody in this game really revives unless you play with friends where you can audibly say, hey, you know, give me a res. Me and the other guy killed each other. It's safe. No one really wants to res. And I don't know if that's the bots or the players or both, but even just the bot behavior in general. I mean, you can just look this up on YouTube. You'll see six enemy players like running in coordination, like synchronized swimmers. So, I mean, in in having played the Halo beta, we've been able to see the bots actually work pretty darn well. It seems like here with DICE and, and EA making Battlefield, they're a little behind the curve in that regard. Are you worried enough that you're going to cancel your pre-order and then see what happens at release? Or are you just going to hang on to it and hope for the best? I'm going to hang on to it. I think there's going to be a lot of fun to be had. I, I mean... We have, they, they called it a beta. I was talking to a buddy of ours that I got to, I played probably like three hours last night. I really had a fun session and it worked out pretty well. I was saying they should have called this a technical flight or a mm-hmm. technical test or whatever it is. I guess Halo does the flights or whatever, but th- they should have dubbed this a technical stress test, not a beta, because a beta implies that this game is very close to to release. And I think that's freaking a lot of people out. If they had just called it a stress test or a technical test or something like that, I think people would have felt a lot better. I I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm not planning on canceling my pre-order because I'm really anxious to play this game, but I am a little more worried than I was before playing this beta test. There's other things too, like beyond just the technical aspects there are the fact that you can't tell the enemy team from the friendly team. That is uh, that is a problem. L- yeah. Well, that's a big problem <laughs> in a you game can where tell, you have to know who to shoot, man. <laughs> you, you can tell the difference, but they just put the world's tiniest dot above yes. the players. And there are so many times that there are three or four of us all on the same team shooting each other up because I see someone trying to shoot my teammates. Now I'm shooting him and then someone else is shooting me and we're all just on the blue team shooting each other. And yeah, I think that that's definitely a real problem as well. They need to make it a little bit more obvious. Yeah, they do. Like, so there's that aspect. I, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I've been reading a lot of people that aren't happy with the specialists and the fact that there's no classes anymore. It used to be you went medic or you went engineer or you went assault. And then if you were the engineer, your job's to blow up tanks, you know, and that kind of stuff. And now you can just spawn in and pick any of the gear you want. The only gear that's unique is the the one item that is specific to the classes. So it doesn't really feel like there's classes. Do you right. know what I mean? And they made this big deal about the specialists, which I was at first excited about. I'm like, ooh, I want to get really good at, you know, all of these and at play the them in their role. Right, yeah, at the meta grandma, <laughs> you know? And then it's like, but wait a minute. She's not really special. Like, she doesn't do anything. Like, nobody really does anything. And I kind of miss that class system. So I don't, I think they need to, they need to do some tweaking there, but I don't think a month is enough time to do that. So there, like I said, there's very good highs. I had an absolute blast when the game was clicking on all cylinders and I didn't need to use a vehicle. Um, And then it was 
very, very low when the bugs were kicking in and all of the jankiness and the fighting wasn't fun because there were too many other aspects and you can't tell who you're shooting at. Or by the time you figure it out, they're already shooting at you. And then you're like, I should just shoot at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I just thought that some of the specialists just aren't terribly fun. I, I don't want my special gadget to be a recon drone. Like, that's not fun, where my guy's just sitting there, and now I can fly this drone around, and really, no one's coordinating and really playing together anyway. If you're lucky, maybe you queue with a couple of friends, and you're in the same squad, and then you can kind of do a little bit of teamwork, but there are just so many people in conquest mode on the map at once that it's very hard to do any kind of coordination, because to me, the chaos was a little bit too out of control. I don't know how much Conquest I'm going to be playing when this game releases. I think it's going to be really fun making all the custom modes. I have a feeling that's where a lot of people are going to be drawn. Um, what are they calling that in this battlefield? I don't even remember the name. The Portal. or Yeah, Portal. I think yeah. that's what I'm going to enjoy a lot more. Or the modes that are a little bit smaller. This one just felt a little too chaotic where my team of four felt like it could really only impact the battlefield so much. So to me, it might actually be just a little bit too big for my personal taste. But I, yeah, I I'm not like going to cancel. Gonna, I feel like you're really going to enjoy Domination because Conquest is your mega 128 people maps with, you know, 10 different points on them or however many it is. Domination is usually like 32 total. And it's yeah. five points, you know, and it's usually a lot more close combat. Maybe there's a Jeep that you can take or something like that historically I've preferred domination over full on conquest. It is fun every now and then to jump into like a really big map, but I have always been a fan of domination as well. And we didn't get to play that. So that's where I think battlefield really does shine. And so I don't know. Are you, uh, were you dissatisfied enough that you think you'll cancel and wait and see, or do you think it's like, man, just keep the pre-order and hope for the best. I'll keep it because you and I are going to have to cover it for the show. So, I mean, I'll hang on to it. But it's very telling that we had four days to play the beta. I did not even once think about loading it on days three or four. I played a lot on day one. I think we might have teamed up a little bit on day one. And day two, we had a group of four of us on for a little while. And that was definitely more fun. Uh, but yeah, I think that's just kind of telling overall about what I thought, but I'm really holding out for a portal. I think that's going to be really fun being able to play some of the previous classes and, and the previous installments that we liked a lot more. So that's kind of what I'm most excited about. Yeah. Um, and then this was a really wild week. So before we jump into some news stories, we actually had four pretty major releases here within a week's time that we have talked about on the show. Alan Wake Remastered came out on the 5th, Far Cry 6 came out on the 7th, Metroid Dread came out on the 8th, Back for Blood will have already released by the time this podcast comes out, that releases on the 12th. You and I did not get a chance to play any of these because we were so busy between Battlefield and the other games that we're covering on the show. Did you happen to buy any of these four, or are they just kind of going on in the background. Paul, I got news for you, buddy. About 30 minutes before recording, I sat down and started playing Metroid Dread. Oh, I you got went, it for your Switch? I went to nice. Walmart. I stood around for 30 minutes while the poor one person in the electronics department was getting yelled at by like eight different people. And I picked up Metroid Dread. I brought it home. I started playing it. I'm only 30 minutes in and I am highly impressed so far. 
Oh, like, it looks like a blast. It is very well done. I mean, I, I've, I'm a big like review person. I love just reading reviews and watching reviews and stuff to see what people think. It's gotten really good reviews. And while I am just at the very beginning of it, it is incredibly polished. It feels like Metroid. It just feels great. So I'm super excited to actually dive into that. Um, you and I have talked. We're not going to do Back for Blood. We played the beta. It's a fine game. I would recommend it to people, but we just have a lot going on. Um, and so I, at least not immediately. If we do get into that, it'll it'll be later on. Um, what about Far Cry 6, Paul? Because famously, you're a really big fan of Far Cry 5 and you know the series. Have you looked up any of the reviews or thoughts on Far Cry 6? A little bit. I mean, I've seen some snippets here and there on Reddit. I love the Far Cry series, but if we're not going to cover it on the show, I am perfectly fine waiting until it's on a Steam sale, and then I'll just play it then. So I'll absolutely get around to it eventually. I know that in our Discord, I think Tfoles had mentioned picking it up and saying it really starts out strong. I love Giancarlo Esposito playing the main villain. He's the best villain ever, man. I, I love that actor so much. So I think it's just on on the back burner for now, but I'll pick it up later when it's cheap. Unless you and I end up in a drought and we decide to pick it up for the show. My big thing with Far Cry 6, and I mentioned this previously, and it's it's kind of nice in a way to be validated because it's like, ha I was right. But then it's kind of sad to me because every review that I have watched or read has said it's just more of the same. Like... The formula works, don't get me wrong, but this is this was my one complaint with like Far Cry and Assassin's Creed and Ubisoft in general is they said nothing. Nothing is new. It's just it's a new face, it's a new protagonist, it's a new antagonist, it's a new country, but otherwise it's the exact same game that Far Cry has been for the last like four iterations. Yeah, it's tough because on the one hand, if you change too much, then it won't be that familiar format that you really like, but then inevitably over time, you kind of get a little bored of it. But it's like all the Assassin's Creed games feel the same. All the Fire Cry games feel the same. All the Battlefield games feel the same. All the Call of Duty games feel the same. So I don't necessarily ding it for that. I feel like the storylines have been different enough, even if it's really the same mechanics. So... I don't know. I'll, I'll get around to it eventually. I have a feeling that I'll like it just fine. I don't know that it'll be like a Hall of Fame kind of game, but I think it'll be really enjoyable. I love those games that kind of blend stealth, action, over-the-top storylines, great villains. That definitely speaks my language. Paul, you know what doesn't feel the same? <laughs> what? This Razer keyboard that I'm using. <laughs> yes, we want to give a very special thank you to Razer for sponsoring today's episode. Josh, you and I, uh, I know that we've talked about it before, but we are absolutely loving our Huntsman V2 keyboards. I absolutely love setting up the lighting effects. It looks great. You can do various like strobe effects. You can even have it sync with your action on the monitor, so it kind of mimics the action you see on the screen. I know you and I are loving it. We love the optical keys. I mean, what else is there to say about it? I, you know, Paul, another confession. I just ordered a Razer Naga mouse. I think I was chatting about that the other day too. Yeah, you mentioned that. I miss my sixteen or my twelve buttons on the side, man. So be, I'm, I'm, I'm going all, in, <laughs> all in here, man. <laughs> I really am. So I'm excited on that. But it's just, it's one of those things where the, the way that you play your games matters in your games, and Razer has perfected that stuff. 
the, the these Huntsman keyboards are the absolute best keyboards that money can buy. Um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's incredible. There's a reason that we're touting these to you guys. You can go pick yours up at multiplayerpodcast.com slash razor. And Paul, what's our code? Enter code multiplayer and you will get a free gift with your purchase. All right. So Josh, this week we've got a couple of news stories to talk about. I think what I was most excited to talk about is that we have a new Resident Evil movie coming out. Now, I would not normally say that I'm excited about that because we had something like six <laughs> of the ones. Say, how, many, by... how many Resident Evil movies have been out now? <laughs> yeah, so many with Mila Jovovich and her husband, Paul W.S. Anderson. But they are essentially rebooting the movie series. And the the next installment here is called Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. It is releasing on November 24th in the U.S., December 3rd in the U.K. The first trailer dropped, and I think there's a lot to like and a lot to dislike. But if nothing else, this movie looks like it's going to feel a heck of a lot more like the game than the other six Resident Evils did. Yeah, the the impression that I got from the trailers were it is not... It's over the top, but it's not it's not like the other movies have been over the top. Like I feel like they're almost trying to keep it a little darker and a little bit more on the aspect of the virus and Umbrella Corp and how this whole thing came about and you know the the investigation into Raccoon City and like kind of like how did all of this kick off instead of just bah, giant monsters and explosions and you know just gunfights and all that kind of stuff. So as far as trailers go, I think, I mean, I think the trailer did a good job. I am, my interest is peaked. I just don't trust video game movies, man. (laughs) Nor should you because they are so rarely good. The CGI dogs, I did not think looked very good. Uh, Some of the CGI looked a little bit on the cheaper end, but I'll definitely agree that it looks a little bit creepier. I'm always in for a good horror zombie movie, and this one looks like it kind of dives into more of that lore, like you mentioned. So, you know, this is one that I'm a little more excited for. I think I saw the first three Resident Evil movies, and then I completely gave up. That series got ridiculous. I remember there being, like, topless stripper zombies walking down the street getting run over by cars, and it was over-the-top action. This one looks a little bit more of, like, creeping around dark corners inside buildings and trying not to get discovered and trying to sneak your way through things. And, and that speaks a little bit more to my language. And, well, and that's uh, what that's what the initial <laughs> Resident Evils were, right? I mean, yeah. they weren't these huge action-oriented games, you know? And I think that's where a lot of the movies missed out on that. So I do feel like they got the tone a lot better now. I, I, again, I, it's one of those. I'll wait until this is available for rent for five bucks, you know, and then pick it up. I don't think I'll go to the movie theater to see it unless it gets really good reviews. And then it's like, hey, they finally did it. <laughs> yeah, this one's not going to have really good reviews. I can tell, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, the people who go to see it might like it. I'm telling you now, critics are not going to like it. Critics never like movies that are based on games, whether it's Mortal Kombat or whatever. Uh, but yeah, this one, I'm kind of just fingers crossed. Maybe it'll come to HBO and then I can just watch it because I've yeah. already got a subscription. Uh, yeah, hopefully I won't have to pay anything extra for it. And then the next news story here might be the world's worst kept secret. I feel like for these last several months, we kept hearing about rumors 
about Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy being remastered. It is finally out in the open. The definitive edition of the trilogy has been officially announced by Rockstar. It is, quote, coming soon. So I don't know exactly when that will be, but this is going to be Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas being remastered and re-released. Josh, I know how much you love your remasters. Uh, how do you feel about this news with Grand Theft Auto? Total money grab. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I'm not excited at all, man. And I know there people are, and I don't mean to to try to, you know, throw, you know, dim dim the party, so to speak, but... I, it's a remaster. If you want to play these games, they're readily available. So it, it, either you haven't played them and you're just, you haven't because you've not picked them up or you're probably never going to play them. And it's just a, it's just a remaster. It's the definitive edition. Like what are the, again, it's going to be higher polygon count and that's it. I, I, I just don't get it, man. I, the Vice City and San Andreas are great. They're good. I get that there's a lot of like, hey, some people think those are some of the best in the series, but I'm just not excited, man. It's just another remaster to me. <laughs> See, I love those games so much, in particular Vice City. Uh, I want to play this. I'm excited for it. I will absolutely pay for it. I kind of feel like I'll probably end up jumping into it and playing a couple hours of each one and then being done. I don't know that I'll stick with any of them to the end, but I just love all the GTA games so much. Give me a, a good open world RPG and I'll just have a blast. I love playing in those kinds of sandboxes, whether it's Dragon Age, GTA, Mass Effect, Red Dead Redemption. So they'll get my money. It's going to work. And I just hope that they tinker enough with the controls that it feels better because I own all of these games in Steam. You cannot play Vice City in 2021. It is just too bad. It is wild the way that your character arms shoot out 12 feet in front and behind you and the controls are really bad. It's very hard to aim at stuff, but... I'll pick this one up once it releases, and I hope that it comes out sooner than later. Although, obviously, we're all waiting for news on GTA 6. That's really what we're waiting for. Yeah, and, and that's see, this is the thing, right? They've made billions of dollars with GTA 5 and online, GTA Online. Like, why? What, what, is, the, what is the reasoning behind the definitive edition of the re-releasing, remastering these three games? To make money and to make, make their money. fans happy. Exactly. It's like Skyrim <laughs> releasing for the 10th time. And I love Skyrim. I think it's a phenomenal game. But it's like, you can only release a game so many times before people just start going like, dude, give us something new. <laughs> I guess. I don't know, Josh. GTA 5 will still pop up right at the top of bestsellers in Steam. I just pulled up Steam charts. It's still in the top 10. And it's honestly not even that far behind number five right now on Steam charts. People just love GTA. They'll hand out money hand over fist. We're just going to have to keep waiting games. for six, but I'm, I'm dying for news on six. And that's the thing. I am not trying to squash the GTA series at all because it's one of the best series ever made. I am just sick of the, the whole remaster. Hey, you know, here's some better graphics. Give us 60 bucks again. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And so I just, I hate that trend. I just, I'm not a fan of it. You guys know that, you know, it, it's just one of those things where I won't be picking it up. It, I hope you enjoy it. If you grab it, I mean, obviously I hope it's well worth the money and gives everybody that picks it up lots and lots of entertainment. I just, 
uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of remasters. (laughs) I hear you. And uh, the last story here that I want to talk about, you know how sometimes, you know, you'll hear a concept of like an actor who will do two movies for the studio and then one for them. Well, this is the one news story for me because I don't know who else out there is even going to care. But I have made it clear my love for the Toe Jam and Earl franchise. I had <laughs> Dude, friends I who owned that it. Game. <laughs> I had friends who had it on Sega. And it was always, as soon as I got to my friend's house, can we play Toe Jam and Earl? Can we play Toe Jam and Earl? And I love the fact that you could play co-op, two people at the same time. And so the latest Toe Jam and Earl game came out just a couple of years ago in 2019. But what I, what really got me interested is that Human Nature came out asking people to complete a survey about Toe Jam and Earl and asked, what would you like to see in a potential future installment, which included options like having roguelike mechanics or even platformer mechanics. So I have no clue what this next Toe Jam and Earl game would look like, but the fact that they're willing to completely rebuild everything from the ground up is a really interesting idea. Uh, You know... Developers that listen to their fans generally seem to do well. The problem is, is that everybody wants something different. Right. And so if you're the person that voted for platformer and then it's not a platformer, then you're going to be like, oh, this game sucks. They didn't listen to me. Um, I do think that having input from your fans while you're developing the game can lead to a lot of really great things. So it's an interesting concept. I used to love that game, man. Like I, I have not played that game in decades, to be honest with you. But what would you want? Like, what would your number one thing at the top be? You know, uh, Toe Jam and Earl One Remastered. That's what I want, Josh. <laughs> Just bring it back. Run, <laughs> run it again. Take my sixty dollars. <laughs> yeah. No, I I think what always made the game stand out was the humor. The fact that your level was like Point Dexter, Nerd, you know, like you would work your way up Dweeb or, you know, whatever the exact titles were, I forget. But it was just so funny that the game just took a comedic take on everything. Even the enemies, you know, you were fighting Dennis, who would chase after you with drilling tools, and you would have Cupids shoot you with uh, love arrows, and then all of your controls were backward. You know, I, I just, I loved everything about that game. Having hidden levels, tons of little secrets involved in all of them. Uh, you know, if they just kept all those elements, I don't care. If it's a roguelike, if it's platformer, no matter what, I would still play it. I'm totally loyal to Toe Jam and Earl. I would say keep the absurdity. That is the the flavor that makes that game what it is. I want, in a future version, I want very good online co-op. You know what I mean? Uh, like, yeah. I want to mm-hmm. be able to just have you say, Hey, Josh, you want to hop into Toe Jam and Earl? Yep. And we both launch the game, and, you know, uh, 30 seconds later, we're in the same game, we're playing together, that kind of thing. I think they really need to focus on that part of it to really pique my interest. Yeah, I hear you. Well, believe it or not, we are actually out of time here for today. So it's been another episode of Twig. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to everyone out there who is currently supporting us on Apple Podcasts or on Patreon. We really support it. or We, we really thank <laughs> we support you for the support. support. <laughs> we do support you supporting us. And also thank you to Razor for partnering with us and sponsoring today's podcast. I think that's all we got for today. We're going to be back with a 
uh, a deep dive episode. It's deep dive it's for Deathloop. <laughs> it's going to be on Deathloop. Yes, I feel like this one we've really been teasing for a very long time. So Deathloop will be coming out on Monday. We can't wait for that. We'll see you guys then. Yep. See you, everybody.